I tell you what, if he if he can make Ryan Willis a good quarterback, then he should be in the NFL because that would be a Herculean effort. Because this kid threw three touchdowns and seven picks in 2016 before Kansas pulled the plug on him, and he wasn't good enough to play at Kansas because against TCU and against Baylor, he had zero touchdowns and three picks. You know, TCU and Baylor, teams that are totally defensive stalwarts out of the Big 12 where tackling is totally optional. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Back here with the Yak Sports Podcast, your Augusta County Sports. I'm Leland McRae. Joe Deck is with me like always. And Joe, the Valley League baseball season continues really not to go my way because my Stanton Braves continue to play 500 ball, and that ain't good enough. Yeah, the good news for them is Harrisonburg's uh, roller coaster season has taken another fall. Uh, they were two. They only won two games in their last ten. So that's dropped them back out of the playoff spots. But they're only two behind Stanton and Covington. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if there's another up, if there's another hill coming up on the roller coaster here in the last week and a half, uh, they could very much beat Stanton out. I just yeah. haven't been impressed with Stanton down the yeah. stretch. I, they just haven't been able to string it together. I don't know what it is. Um, I think they're pitching slightly better. Like, they're not giving up 10 runs as much. But, like, they're still not winning games. And so it doesn't matter. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, um, it, yeah. they're just not piecing it together. They can't beat Waynesboro or Charlottesville. And that's the top of the division. But, like, you're going to have to pick one of those games off here and there. And they're they're losing all of them to both of them. And uh, it, what really worries me is in the last game of the season, per the schedule that exists right now before more rain rocks everybody, um, is that they're supposed to play Waynesboro in the last night of the season. I could just really see that being a – a playoff need and they're playing a team that they're owing six to Owen five to on the season. So like that worries me the positive though, why I think they'll still be fighting for a playoff spot at that time. Cause they are in one now and they play seven of their last 11 at home. And really they only have three trips away from Stanton Cause one of those away games is a double header. Yeah. I don't know how much home and away matters in the Valley. Um, but yeah. we'll see. Oh, I need to look at that stat by next week so I can have more confidence. Yeah, I, 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 mean, that is I like just an assumption on my last. part. You're batting last. That's it's, one thing. Yeah, no, it, it is a thing. But I, I'm just saying, and that's a total guess on my part. I just don't feel like, I feel like a lot of these kids aren't from the area, so no one's really at home. That school bus to go up to Front Royal like is probably. Well, okay, but maybe that's a bonding thing. I don't know. <laughs> that's so not a you thing to say i know <laughs> um but yeah i mean wayne's bros really good uh they won seven of their last 10 they're still winning the north or south yeah. excuse me uh they beat charlottesville this week which helped put some distance between them uh and look earlier in the year we were talking about everybody in the south being above 500 now it's just two teams above 500 and they've definitely separated themselves it's waynesboro and charlottesville's race to lose in the playoffs in my opinion both of those teams are looking good the entire season uh contrast that with up north uh mike bocock is got the river bandits river bandits rolling i actually got to see them this weekend play strasburg in a doubleheader that they swept them twice didn't they yeah swept the doubleheader and Ooh. neither one of those games was really close although i did see Strasburg, the town of Strasburg, start their space program when uh, Sonny D put a ball on the moon. I mean, uh. <laughs> it was one of those. He hit a pitch earlier in the at-bat that went foul, and you were like, oh, don't pitch it there again. And uh, he did. And then the <laughs> next one was fair. And I was like, well, goodbye. So he hit it up over them there, mountains. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is funny you say that because when he hit the foul ball, I looked at my buddy and I was like, this is, you know, different sport, but you want to bet I can hit over that mountain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he did. Uh, but now Woodstock looks pretty good. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who comes out of the north now between Strasburg, Woodstock, and then there's a playoff race up there too with Percival and Winchester. But I think. I think Woodstock is like my uh, is my Buffalo Gap equivalent. It's my like closet. Like I also root for them just because Bocock's there. I liked when he was the manager of uh, the Braves, and I like that he's back in the uh, Valley Baseball League. Uh, he was over in the Rockingham County League for a little bit, so I'm glad he's back. So I'm kind of rooting for him to have some success. You should definitely check out the 40 Sports interview uh, with him this week. Uh, I was a little. I'm not gonna lie. We always ask those two questions: favorite animated Disney movie. And song, song that you like that you're afraid to admit. 
Yeah. This was the most scared I've ever been asking those two <laughs> questions because I was like, oh, man, he seems so old school. He's probably going to get super pissed off, but he was super cool about it, and uh, it was cool. He's a good dude. Um, I mean, to be fair, there's some football coaches in our area that I interviewed that I, I probably I wouldn't even I wouldn't even try. I just moved past it. So, <laughs> well, no, I mean, if you're getting the interview, if you're on 40 sports, you're getting asked those questions. I mean, it's by rule. Whether or not you answer them is up to you, I guess, but you're getting asked. <laughs> I missed it. I started y'all's podcast. I hadn't listened to the whole thing, but all of our listeners should go uh, catch up on the 4D podcast. Listen to last week's and pick up that interview, but also listen to this week's, uh, as I'm sure you guys got good coverage from what's happened this last week. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like I said, um, if you haven't been out to a Valley League game yet and you live in Stanton, Waynesboro, or Charlottesville for that matter, or really anywhere that has a, a team close by, you should be going to these games. They are a lot of fun. The Valley Baseball League also won their first showcase game tonight. Uh, down in Cary, North Carolina, they whipped Great. up on some goofball league in the Southeast Collegiate Baseball Summer Showcase. I think we usually do well in those showcase things. They've only been doing them the last like four We're, or five years. We are better than the other leagues there. Yeah, and that's great. Bring I like on that the Cape, we show up. Bring on the Cape Fraud League. Let's go. There we go. I, I mean, <laughs> Shots I, fired. let's play them. Let's play them. Let's go, care. Cape Fraud. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's play them. Um, Speaking right, of baseball. Let's stay on baseball, but take it up a couple levels here and talk about Major League Baseball. Um, your Orioles, my Pirates, nothing much to talk about. My Pirates got swept by the Cubs, so whatever hope I had at All-Star break seems dismal now. We were um, almost the first team to get combined perfect gamed. Yeah, I almost. Was <laughs> almost. I was watching, man. I was watching. So, uh, yeah, you guys got that hit in the top of the ninth or in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, and then and, we threatened. Uh, got out of it. Yeah, we then we threatened in the ninth, and then we lost. But I honestly, I think I changed after the perfect game was gone. But uh, the big the big news there though is you guys are playing the Nats uh, two days here. Oh, I hope we win the little Beltway series. You know what? It's not that I don't like the Nats like because of the team. I don't like them because of the court case. I want to beat them because of the court case. I want to beat them on the field and then take their money. I like, I mean, beat them. Like you want your team to win. That's, uh, that's oh, yeah, fine. I mean, it's whatever. In the court case. I get it. Yeah. I, I, these owners involved aren't really, uh, I don't feel sympathetic for anybody probably that's going to benefit from the court case, but yeah, I mean, yeah, tear them up. Well, I mean, it's just a contract. Like it, that's the thing. If you, if you nullify this contract, then what contract would you honor with major league baseball? If you're a team, that's the thing. Major league baseball is talking about all this expansion that they want to do. Right. This court case is very important because if the Orioles win, then owners are going to be more willing to allow a team into their market. If the Orioles lose this court case, no MLB owner is going to want a team to come anywhere near their market because they've already seen, even if they get an agreement done with Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball is later going to go back on it. So and that's probably something like you're looking out ahead in the future. That's probably like something that could affect Charlotte. Like you it's going to affect Braves Charlotte, the South there. or Nashville. The Atlanta yeah. Braves, I think, would lay claim to both of those towns. Yep. So, go ahead, Rob Manfred. Go ahead. You're you've been loud wrong on a lot of things recently. Go ahead and be loud wrong on this one. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, go beat them on the field though too. I, I'm for that. Uh, where are they in the court case? Like, is it going to get resolved? Anytime uh, soon? We're on another appeal. We've lost each appeal, which is kind of nonsensical in my opinion but but this one's going outside of major league baseball so major league baseball has been an arbitrator in these and now the orioles are making the case that major league baseball is not a fair arbitrator because they're in the lawsuit which seems pretty open shut to me but what do i know i'm not a lawyer we also gave andrew cashner the boston red sox which is good for boston it's okay for the orioles uh the orioles probably got the best deal they could get um a lot of fans on orioles twitter are mad but a lot of fans on orioles twitter are dumb so uh, these are people like, well, we sh he was doing good. We should have kept him and re-signed him. Like, why? He's never going to be good when this team is good. I don't know if you understand how baseball works, but when you suck and you are the worst team in the league by a mile, you trade anyone that looks remotely valuable for prospects so that hopefully when these prospects come together, you hit on enough of them and they get good at the same time so you're actually competitive. They don't seem to understand, which, again, uh, we have a lot of idiots for fans. Like, there was someone on Twitter that said uh, the Andrew Kashner trade broke them. Like, they're no longer going to be an Orioles <laughs> fan because of the Andrew Kashner trade. I was like, if you survived Manny Machado and Jonathan Scope and Kevin Gre or uh, Kevin Gosman last year, but Andrew Kashner is the one that sends you over the edge, I can't help you. 
I mean, that's the same guy that like, I'm never listening to your radio show again because of what you just said. And then like the next day they're on there complaining the same way It's it's the equivalent. Like, Oh, this is terrible. I'm never watching the Orioles again. And then, yeah, they're going to be watching the Orioles the rest of the season. Yeah. But it's good for Boston because Andrew Kashner is having a good year and he's going to bolster their rotation uh, and help with those crazy psychopaths that are David Price and Chris Sale. <laughs> Any, anything stable can help them. Uh, we made preseason predictions for baseball and I'm going to say into which my good news and bad news here, my twins, I'm looking right halfway through the season. I, I know we have a half a season to play, but where we stand now, I don't look crazy for being so high on the twins in the season. And you were very dismissive of me. I was. And, uh, but then my Mariners pick has, has really tanked there. That's really been a problem. Yeah. But my Braves, bad. I was really high in the Braves, even so much to put them in the NLCS and that looks really good. And maybe I even, you know, short valued them because they, I think the Braves are on the way. And, and honestly, if they don't do it this year, I think they have a five-year stretch here where they're going to be the class of the national league. Yeah. They're going to be really good. Um, the Braves are going to, it looks like the Braves might be in the middle of that. Another division run. I don't think they're going to win 13 straight. Like oh, they yeah. did with Bobby Cox, but uh, they're going to win. You never predict something like that. That's like the Kansas basketball kind of thing. You don't you don't predict winning the whole conference or division every year. I think they're going to win it for the next. I think yeah, I, two or three after this. No I think the next two or three after this, they've got a very good case to say they're going to win it those two three years. Because hey, guess what? The Phillies actually aren't as good yeah. as everyone thought they were. Which they haven't looked put together a lot more than the Nats and the Phillies. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, How's your picks looking? Well, um, Boston was a little bit off. Um, yeah, we both had that though. Cleveland, uh, they're starting to reel the twins in. We'll see if they can do fit, seal the deal. I don't know. I'm not feeling great about that. Uh, we both picked Houston. That was great. We were a little low on the Yankees, who are going to win the East. It appears. Um, I had Tampa in a wild card. You didn't. So uh, you said Tampa was no good, and they were going to lose the Mariners. So. You well, might, I might have been paraphrasing when I said no good. Uh, I don't think you actually said they were no good. They're no good. I just didn't. I wasn't you said the Mariners were better than them, which is the equivalent of saying they're no good. Um, I just, you're, you're always high on Tampa. I don't get it. Because they're a good baseball team. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, speaking of not good baseball teams, though, the Washington Nationals. Uh, I think if the season They've ended today. Better. I think if the Oh, okay. Are they going to keep winning 8 out of 10? Because that's what they're going to need to do to stay in the playoff race. I mean, their last 30, they've. They've been one of the best records over the last. 30 this team since, like, will the collapse. Middle of May. This team will collapse. You watch. I'm not. I'm not going to argue. They will collapse that, on itself like baseball. a dying star. I cannot is, wait. It's going to happen. It's going to start this week when they lose to the Orioles. Their bullpen stinks, but so do a lot of teams, and a lot of teams they're playing in division, like the Phillies. Their bullpen stinks too. So, I don't know. Brew Crew looks good. Yeah, looks solid. I had the Cardinals there, and the Cardinals are dancing around. So I think that's the team that steals. I feel good about my playoff teams, except for the Nats in the NL. I think I crushed the NL in terms of playoff teams. I just I trusted the Nats a little, a little too much. Bit. Yeah, you don't have the blatant wrong team that I have, like I with the Mariners. So you also put the Pirates in there. I don't think the Pirates are going to make it. Oh yeah. Eh. Yeah, I mean they're just still right on that line. Yeah, you're probably right. they're not going to make. They're it. on the line, but I think they're sellers at the deadline. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think here in two weeks, they probably are. So it probably gets worse. Uh, but you have the Brewers over the Nats uh, in the National League. Yeah, which the Nats aren't going to I think that it. would surprise me at this point. The Nats aren't going to win a playoff series because they, yeah. they never do. I mean, and they might not be in it. I have the Dodgers over the Braves in the NLCS. So I feel like if we had to choose which one of those was going to happen, mine looks a lot better. Oh, in the NL? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we both have... Red Sox involved in the AL. We both have Red Sox winning. And you had them love the Yankees. So I I think any of those really could happen. I don't think, I think it's too hard early to say one of us is wrong in that, but we both have Boston win the world series. And I, I don't think, I, I just don't think it's going to quite get to that. I think it's not right. I think they're going to be, although here's the, here's the ultimate question as an Orioles fan. If the Red Sox don't win, I think the next favorite is probably the Yankees, and I don't know if that's better. Yeah, I'm rooting National League. If I, I mean, I have picked the Red Sox, but I'm probably rooting for the National League at this point. Here's what I've noticed about myself. The team I hate the most between Boston and New York is usually whoever's doing better. 
Oh, mine's Yankees easily. Uh, that's no question. I never even have that question in my head. Boston is disgusting. I, I understand your sentiment there, but it, it's the Yankees. I just mm-mm. okay. All right. Uh, the tennis was good this weekend. I didn't watch the women. Um, I also forgot it was Wimbledon until I happened to was, turn on the men's final. Yeah, it was. It was just Saturday. I was busy, but Sunday I was at home and I saw it start at nine o'clock and five hours later I was at lunch with my parents and I watched it end and it was a heck of a match and uh, Djokovic won. Uh, I was rooting for Federer. I think most people were. Everybody in the crowd seemed to yeah. be rooting for him. I, I just, I mean, it's probably the tiger effect, you know, just the, the, the oldest guy who is probably considered the greatest, just seeing him win one more time. I wanted it to happen. He didn't win, but it was a heck of a heck of a match. Fun to watch. And even in with him losing, it wasn't like I was, a, I, I don't care that much, but like it was a good effort and it was fun to watch. Yeah. Why was everyone rooting against Djokovic? Did Djokovic, I don't know, insult England before the tournament or something. I, I just, he, I don't think they like his attitude and stuff. That's what I've heard in the past. I, he showed a tiny bit of it in this, and that didn't bother. Oh, I don't yeah, know when he slammed the racket against the, yeah, the ref stand. Was, I mean, I'd slam a racket every time I took a shot because it'd be going into the net. You know time. why I liked it? It kind of reminded me of John McEnroe a little bit. I was like, ooh, I like that fire. Yeah, I don't know. I I was rooting more for Federer than against Djokovic. I really wasn't against him. I just I I, I was rooting. For I was Federer. just liking him do it. Yeah, I was just liking a close match. I I liked that it went into the new format of. Uh, the tiebreaker in the fifth set after they play 24 games and they're split 12-12. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I called it double overtime. That was the only way I could really like relate it to another way. Like, I mean, it was like, we're going to extra, we're going to extra. I mean, it just, it would seem like a double overtime, but it was, this is it. That was, That's where it got to. And penalty it kicks. couldn't have gone any longer. It went four hours and 57 minutes. And it couldn't have gone any anymore. <laughs> like it was going to get decided right there. So. No, it could have. Federer could have come back and kept it going. I mean, they have to win by two points. Yeah, but they weren't going. They was in the tiebreak situation. Yeah, 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 like yeah The yeah. whole new set thing. Yeah. I, I told you, kind of an anticlimactic end of the match with the unforced errors from Federer. But I'm sure it's exhausting. I mean, I've never played a full tennis match in my life, so I can't imagine playing. Yeah, uh, twenty-four five games. Yeah, five five plus hours and twenty-four games in that fifth set. I, I've never played twenty-four games in a single match, so uh, I, I mean, wouldn't know. I don't know what I do for five hours. I mean, I wouldn't tell my boss that, but I don't. I don't know what I do for five straight hours. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I get yeah. distracted or need a break. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, British Open this weekend. I know I'm, I'm supposed to call it the the Open Championship or whatever, but it's the it's the British Open. Uh, how much of that will you have on your TV this weekend? You know, Leland, it's hard to say. I got plans up in the air, but um, go ahead and max zero minutes. <laughs> I knew that was your answer. I mean, I'll have it on because it's morning golf. I enjoy that. I, that's the one thing I do like about the uh, Open Championship is the morning golf. That's honestly why I watched some of the Wimbledon this past weekend. I like that Sunday morning live sports. It can yeah, be would. the Jaguars versus the Browns in London, and I seem to watch it. You know so what comes I'm on Sunday mornings? Watch... Say it again. You know what comes on Saturday and Sunday mornings? It's that uh, English Premier League soccer. That's right, man. During the football season, I do spend a lot of time watching football in the afternoons that I usually can't dedicate the mornings and leave it on there. I usually have to switch it around, but we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a shot. But I do like the summer golf tournament, the British Open. I like it when the other golf tournaments, uh, you know, get rain delayed or something and they have to play in the morning and then the afternoon. Uh, so I'll watch a lot of the British Open, but I'll, I'm just going to be honest. If Tiger's not in it, I won't stick around for long. I don't That's care who's playing. I'm not watching I'm it. I'm not watching it. I don't yeah. care. I hear you. All right, let's get out of here. Let's talk to Cody Elliott. He's going to be on here, and we're going to just talk about a bunch of different stuff and uh, see if we can get anything decided in the world of sports. Back here on the Exports Podcast, we are joined for the sixth time by Cody Elliott. Uh, Cody, you're you're tied for the lead on most <laughs> uh, visits on our podcast, but we had you on like twice out of our first like three or four. So uh, um, you're definitely a, a, a crowd favorite. 
<laughs> I was going to say, man, I feel like I haven't been on for a while, so that's kind of surprising to hear. <laughs> yeah, we, did, we didn't have much spring sports to talk about uh, up in Rockingham County from our point of view, uh, even though I know you guys had a lot. Um, kind of the biggest news lately coming from up in Rockingham County uh, was East Rock, uh, Tyler Nickel, who'd all already you know, been uh, offered by JMU. It looked like Tech gave him an offer this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, I got a text actually on a Saturday night from um, Kerry Keys, and he he had he was letting me know, you know, hey, he just got offered. And of course, Tyler, you know, he wanted to announce it himself. And that's the big thing now with with all these recruits is they want to they want to go on Twitter and make their announcement, which I understand. And so he wanted to announce it. But yeah, apparently, um, you know, his team won the the Adidas uh, national championship down there. Um, just a huge opportunity for him and for that team. And it was actually him and another guy that he actually both got offered. So both of those guys um, get down there, and you know I'm not sure exactly who offered him or, or what the deal was, but um, yeah, it was his second offer. So pretty big though to come from an ACC program. Oh yeah, this stage of his career. I mean, that's I mean, huge for him. Th- that's got to be a good sign, like ACC school offering you when you're a sophomore. Like um, that's incredible. Well, yeah, and I think with, with Tyler, it's like you know I, I've asked Kerry before about it and and I know a lot of rumors you know naturally when you're that good you know these bigger schools these private schools a lot of times will come and try and and maybe get you or or, or steal you away from these public schools and and we've seen that happen some and I think with Tyler it's which is in the ACC and he's he's only a sophomore it just kind of shows him that he can do whatever he wants to do at East Rock I don't think he needs to go anywhere else to accomplish anything else in terms of his recruitment um, he's already opened enough eyes that, you know, I don't think he needs to go anywhere to get any more looks. Yeah, I don't get I, – I just haven't grasped hold of the why the kids are leaving the public schools so much. Um, I mean, I mean, look, look at Darius George. He went to Marshall. Jarvis Vaughn had plenty of look down here. Um, it just seems like if you're at that level, you're at that level. There's so much exposure at the AAU and the, and the summer tournaments and stuff. I just I – don't, I don't get the draw of playing – and no, no, nothing against uh, um, Eastern Mennonite. I mean, that's a that's a fine place to go. I just I don't know why it seems so easy to for those schools to attract these guys. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it has anything to do with recruiting. I don't know what it really has to do with. You know, it's something that's been um, talked about a little bit. But you know, I think some of it too is is you know we, we kind of see it in the NBA with all these guys superstars now wanting to play with each other. You don't see guys kind of go at it as much and. I think in a, in a sense, not, you know, not to the same degree, but I think a lot of these kids just, they, they spend, you know, three, four months playing together in travel ball. And then maybe that kind of, you know, that, that they see what that, that's like playing with each other and that chemistry. And they kind of have some different avenues now. And I know, you know, even across the mountain, you've got Miller school, Blue Ridge school, some of those schools, um, you know, like I said, I think for certain kids, those, those programs can be good. And I think, you know, you look at Chris Rogers, who was another former East Rock point guard. He went over to Blue Ridge and ended up, I think that really elevated his recruiting a little bit. Um, but when you talk about Tyler, I just think with a kid like him, you know, I think it just shows that he, he's already got the eyes that he needs. He's already got, you know, the people looking at him he needs to. Um, and I think he's dedicated to East Rock and him. I think he, he really enjoys being there. I think he likes playing for Kerry Keys, um, likes the school. So I think it just kind of, it really shows where he's at in terms of his game. I mean, he's, he's on a completely different level right now than anybody else in this area. Um, you know, there's a lot of good players in the area, but, you know, uh, we, don't, we don't see very many Division One players, and we certainly haven't seen one that's getting offers from, you know, an ACC program as a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, it was smart by JMU just to offer the scholarship straight out at the beginning, but, you know, now that Virginia Tech's jumped in, it's obviously a more lucrative and more alluring program. It's time to up the offer. Um, naming rights to the new arena, the floor, <laughs> the university. Um, we can get a Tyler nickel mascot and call him the fighting nickels. Uh, you got to get this kid if you're JMU and you got to, Oh my gosh, they blew you it. You think he wants to stay at home at all? No. Well, I, I do know that, that he does have a connection to JMU. I think I've talked to you guys before about it. You just that he has, you know, his parents have been there You know, he's got a lot of local ties there. Um, and that was another reason why I originally said that I never thought he was ever going to leave East Rock was because I, I thought, you know, he was happy with just, you know, offers from JMU. So th- that, the fact that that's, that came as the first one wasn't a huge surprise. Um, but the thing is, I just think his game just keeps elevating. And, and like I said, that the AU today plays on, 
you know, it's not the AU teams that we used to play home where we were just going to, you know, up to Stanton to the, the Gypsy Hill gym and, or, yeah. you know, going down to Storrs Drive High School. He's playing in tournaments all up and down the East Coast, playing playing some really elite competition, playing in front of, you know, Division One coaches from all across the country, and they're winning and they're and they're getting a lot of attention for it. Uh, he's not. He's one of you know six, seven, eight, nine guys on that that roster that are getting Division One looks from all across the country. And the fact that he's one of their better players, you know, it just it's really just taken his his recruitment to a whole nother level. And I think it's only going to get you know even crazier as as the years go by. I mean, Kenny Brooks had JMU connections, and he still ended up leaving. So like. I, I, I'll good for him getting the ACC looks. And if Tech's offering him, I bet that's not the last, you know, at least power five that gives him a look. So that'll be good. But speaking of the, of Tech, though, uh, did you see where Justin Robertson signed, like, a three-year deal for the Wizards? I did. I thought that was interesting, the fact that he, uh, you know, from what I've read is he, he actually was going to get drafted in the second round and turned it down, um, which I didn't even realize you could do. But he turned it down being drafted so that he could sign where he, where he wanted to. Um, and the Wizards, obviously, I think he's from Manassas or somewhere up that way. Um, we're a preferred de- destination. I read a story where he was a season ticket holder. So um, I'm a Wizards fan, so I- I'm very excited yeah. about it to have him there. So um, I think, you know, especially with John Wall out, I mean, he- it's a great fit for him to come in there and maybe get some minutes early and then hopefully, you know, kind of build himself a role onto that team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I was surprised he made it too. I mean, I'm happy he did. But, I mean, you know, they got uh, Isaiah Thomas – this offseason and Ish Smith. And I thought between those two, that might not leave a roster spot open, but I'm glad they found one. I think it's great for the Wizards in a sense that it's now a local kid that has some, you know, big name recognition in the region. He can help you sell tickets. Mm-hmm. He's a good basketball player. It's great for Justin Robinson because he's Virginia Tech. It's great for Virginia Tech because he went there and now you got a guy in the NBA. You also have uh, Nikhil Ale- Walker Alexander. Yeah, really he doing well. Yeah, he did had a, well. yeah, he had a huge summer league. <laughs> yeah, so today, it's he was first team uh, summer league. I mean, he was up there. With, he was he was first team, and there were some veteran guys who were even second team. I mean, they, he was one of the top five performers out there. Yeah, he um, was like putting thirty plus up and like leading the team basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, that was huge. I think that was kind of something. It was kind of made me a little sad that he's not coming back to tech next year <laughs> just watching that because i'm like man can you imagine um you know well that's what they said about him from the beginning was the potential i mean that's all season when i kind of wondered why he was getting so much hype i mean not that he was bad but just i didn't get it being a lottery pick and uh they're all saying potential it's it's cool that it's already paying off now i mean it gets it's against other summer league competition yeah. but still like what do you want from him? You want him to go. I want him like, to do it in the NBA regular season. Yeah, but he's done as much as he can right now. Like that's like you can't ask for more than what you got right now. So like glad he did that. And now comes the next opportunity as they move into the regular season. Well, yeah, and I think it's his cousin or maybe even his brother or half brother or something. But um, Shy uh, Alexander, who just got traded in the Anthony Davis trade, um, that was a guy that he, he was a big name for the Clippers. I'm sorry, not the Anthony Davis trade, the Paul George trade. He got traded from there to OKC. And I know he's got some relation to, to um, Alexander Walker. And they're kind of the same body type and kind of he was kind of small, which I thought, you know, Alexander Walker was a little small when he went pro. Um, but now, I mean, he, he's been playing great. He had a great rookie year last year with the Clippers. And now he, he's obviously in OKC. Um, you know, I'm just wondering if maybe – you know, we might not have seen what he's going to eventually become. He might end up being a much better pro. I mean, he was a good college player, but he might be a much better yeah. pro than he was a college player. Yeah, that happens sometimes. I mean, yeah, obviously there's great college players that don't turn out good in the pros, but you're right, and there's there's players that are much better pros than college players. Um, I mean, look at Curry. Like, even as great as he was in college, like, I mean, he's still, like, really upped his game as he comes. And now – Comparing him to Curry is not what we need to be doing, but like yeah, these smaller the guys, high. sometimes it like it just it does take that like getting a little bit older, being a little bit you know more seasoned, and all of a sudden they kind of come alive. Like you know maybe that maybe that's the truth. Like now, yeah, he's not going to win MVP. Like I don't think anybody's really thinking he's winning the MVP like Curry did. But <laughs> I mean, maybe these NBA experts that were coming to watch him last December when we all kind of scratched our heads a little bit at least, maybe they knew what they're doing. Yeah, they they probably that's probably why they're making the money they're making and, and we're we're doing what we're doing, right? <laughs> let's oh. let's wait and see. 
<laughs> it's the summer Speaking league. of waiting and seeing, Ryan Willis, and I, I want to oh hear from Joe God. first on this one. Ryan Willis was named to the Maxwell watch list uh, today. Uh, Joe, let's get a soundbite on what you think of that. Sure, I'm amazed that he's on this list. Um, you know, you got the favorites like Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, uh, and then you, he's on here with other greats like Nathan Rourke, the quarterback. I don't have to tell you who he is. I'm sure everyone knows the quarterback from Ohio. Uh, he's on here with, uh, you know, just some really great Khalil Tate quarterback from Arizona. I mean, the household names here on this <laughs> list, uh, Bryce Perkins from UVA is on this list. I, which, by the way, all these people I'm saying are probably better than Ryan Willis. What a joke. He shouldn't even be the starter on this team. I've seen Ryan Willis. I don't love Ryan Willis. He's a great backup. I don't like him as a starter of a Power 5 program if you're trying to take yourself seriously. And this yeah, list well, is 80 people long. I'm just not a fan of, of the, the watch list, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, they're stupid. Uh, I just think they're extremely, yeah, they're just silly, like, like every year you come out with these watch lists and it's like, I, I just don't see the point of them, you know, wait until get, give me a watch list when we're halfway through the year. Or, and then we see who's, you know, emerged and who's having a big year. Cause every year they, they list all these names, half of these guys, you know, or a quarter of these guys may get hurt, you know, then there'll be 20, 30 other guys who emerge. Um, I, they're just silly to me, but I mean, yes. and whoever's the best offensive player is going to win the award. It doesn't matter if they are on the watch list to begin with. Like if we get some running back that like, is Heisman worthy this year? All of a sudden, I mean, he'll win the award if he if he can win the award. Like, I don't get the watch list. It's and it's like each team gets represented. It's like the there's, old All Star game for baseball. Yeah, there's 80 yeah. people on this thing. <laughs> yeah, I just don't like. I, I don't see the point of it. How do they? I don't know what it's based off of. I don't know who sits around and makes these watch lists. But it just seems very silly to me. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely looks like. A, you know, not not to what Joe wants to hear, but I, it looks like Ryan Willis is definitely going to be the guy at Tech from from what it you know every every indication I've been reading and seeing. But Cody, how many wins are you giving us this year, given Tech? Oh, oh man, I, I've I've said that if if it's below eight, then then we're in trouble. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll go with I'll go with nine wins, and and I, I think that's still not not ideal. I think you know with the schedule that they have, there's no reason they can't get. To oh yeah. We got an easy schedule. That's true. What is it? Seven wins isn't moving because we play two one double eight. Yeah, you have to win seven now. We yeah. have to win seven, and that's what we did last year with winning six. It's the equivalent. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think nine is the only thing that would like make you feel good at all. And then even that's not good. That would just be like, okay, let's continue like let Fuente continue doing what he's doing and not get too riled up. I think yeah. eight wins you're riled up and anything less, obviously you, I mean, you're, you're moving well, backwards. If we do that less than that, so. let's go through the schedule. Okay. Let's hit it. We got at Boston college. That's a loss. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, the I same team that then. absolutely destroyed us last year. Yeah. They're going to beat us on the road this time. I mean, they lost a lot of people. Yeah, well, we were Did so they lose good. That quarterback. Oh, we! I wish we would lose our quarterback. <laughs> Their quarterback's on the Maxwell watch list, Leland. <laughs> but we just established who is it. So it's a guy from Ohio. Like, <laughs> don't you disrespect? Um, All right, Old Dominion at home. I do think we will beat Old Dominion. We're not going to lose them two years in a we're, row. We're going to avenge our loss there. Okay, so you guys have Tech two and zero. If we don't win there, then I'll go ahead and just cancel the season for me. I'll, I'll uh, fire him on the field. Him. I'm all about it. Um, <laughs> Joe Joe dreams of the situation where Wente gets fired, like as he's walking out the locker room. <laughs> I wouldn't even let him in the locker room. Um, <laughs> Furman, if we're losing at halftime, that fired. Speech should be done by Whit, Whit Babcock. Yeah. and just have him fired right there. <laughs> just bring Frank back at that point. Uh, honestly. <laughs> Bring him back then. If it could bring some of those uh, Polynesian guys who's coaching this uh, at this sure. All Star game, that would be handy. Can any of them yeah. play quarterback? Um, <laughs> all right, so I have him one and one. You guys sound like you have him two and zero. Oh. Uh, then we play Furman. I have two and one. Duke. Yeah. Duke at home is a win. Three yes. and one. At Miami, I don't feel good about. Three and two. I, I just never think that much of Miami. 
but playing them that early in the season probably does scare me because yeah, that's when Miami yeah. usually does actually act like they're a good football team. It's it's usually November before they fall apart. So I'd probably agree with the Miami loss. Okay. Yeah. I've got us three and two. Then we play Rhode Island for our second FCS team. Four and two. I've this, got us at five and one. <laughs> okay. Every, I'm with Cody. All right. You and Cody that's five and one. Standing on our walls. Like we, we, that's, that's worth a win or two in our uh, estimation. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the make or break game in my opinion here. North Carolina at home. This was a game that they really had no business winning last year. North Carolina's done a they've gotten some people I don't know how they got. But they're um, all they're young though, so like but they're I don't good. Think paying off immediately. See, that, well, see what worries me with them is they've got this new energy now under Matt Brown and it's the type, you know, it's one of the I could see them having a year where they go they have a good year and they get some wins like that just because they have this newfound energy. And that's what worries me about that game is that I could, that's the type of game I could see Tech just completely blowing it. The thing about that game is it, it, it's going to start to come down, likely it's going to start to come down to does Lane Stadium mean anything to us or not? And uh, in recent years, it really hasn't proven I would say last to. year it did not. Yeah, so it it, it kind of turns into those what what advantages other than the eleven on the field can kind of go your way. Well, and, yeah, and I mean if we go into that game five and one, then I think that you see more energy in the stadium. That's what that's another big thing is getting some wins early and getting off to a good start determines a lot in my opinion. Yeah. Just because that determines how the atmosphere is at home, that just determines how the atmosphere is around the team. Everything. I mean, that's that's that, a good that, point. But the week before that's the Miami game, right? So we could be coming no, off a loss. Rhode Island. Oh, Rhode Island. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna be uh, hoping for a win there. But I think, I think you're right on a make or break. Like that's a real worrisome, you know, no confidence game right there. Here's why it's a make or break in my opinion. Because I'll, I'll say we win that game at home, five and two, even though I'm very scared of it. We go to Notre Dame the week after. That's a loss. You're not beating Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Five and three. We did two years ago, but that's fine. Okay. Well, that was when we still had some Frank Beamer players. We, we had a quarterback you hated then, too. So. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see what tune you're singing on November 2nd. Um, Wake Forest, six and three. And then you play at Georgia Tech. I think if you beat North Carolina, you have some momentum. You can beat Georgia Tech. If you don't beat Georgia Tech, you're going to lose that game. I'm never scared of Georgia Or if you Tech. don't beat North Carolina. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> For a team that hasn't beaten Georgia yeah. Tech in I don't know I how know. long. I'm just never scared what of What does it take to be scared? Pittsburgh is who I get scared of. Uh, Georgia Tech, just I don't for some reason. I just never believe in them. Yeah. I, I, oh, man. You know, it, the bad part is that Tech football is in a spot right now where every one of these games you're listening now in ACC play – it used to be where I, I would feel a lot more comfortable saying that's a win, that's a win, and now it's I can I can see each one as a loss if it were, you know, each one has a reason I could see it being a loss. Yeah, but Joe's sitting here like if we get our quarterback injured in the first three weeks, then we probably win all these North Carolina. We would have a better chance. Game. Yeah, <laughs> we would have a we would have a quarterback that can make something happen. Yeah, it would be nice. Who, who is your guy, Joe? That's what I want to know. Who's your guy? Quincy. Yeah, I want to see Quincy Patterson. You oh. Did you see him throwing in the spring game? He no, I don't watch spring games. games. Spring games are fake. He doesn't believe anything that might prove him wrong. So okay, all right. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I'm a huge Quincy guy myself. I love Quincy. I just think he needs. Some, he has some work still um, in the throwing uh, department. But if he can run and make something happen, I'm all about it. Yeah, Ryan Willis needs work in the throwing department, and he can't run. That's my problem. Uh, the big difference between me and Joe on this is like I trust our coaches to like make the right decision. Yeah, and, and they were great like, last he, year. They did a great job like, with Josh oh, Jackson Quinte last year. Him. Good call. He's like, he's like Quinte likes him. I hate him. Like that's basically. <laughs> how it goes. Yeah, Josh Jackson was a good call last year. Um, okay, so I'm. You know what? I'm going to say we're going to lose to Georgia Tech six and four because we haven't beaten them since I don't remember when. Uh, then we play Pitt at home. And I always do get scared of Pitt. I'll say you that. better not lose to Pitt. We better not. So that's bowl game right there. If you beat Pitt, that's seven, seven and four. And then you play at UVA. That's a win. Eight and four. I'm not buying into the UVA is DBU and is the oh best team goodness. in Virginia. Nonsense. What you think of that, Cody, the DBU thing. Barber. <laughs> 
Uh, it's just inter- I don't I mean, uh, <laughs> one uh, year erases an awful lot of history, huh? <laughs> I will, yeah, I will say this. I, Mike Barber, and we is, still beat him. <laughs> yeah, I love Mike Barber, and he's he's a great friend of yeah, mine. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good dude. Yep. Yeah, but uh, to raise that question after a year, one year of pretty, I mean, to have you know Bryce Hall is a good quarterback, and Juan Thornhill, don't get me wrong, but you can't just erase what Virginia Tech has been for 25 years now with all the guys that have come through that program. And that to suddenly just that just flips everything. I don't I don't know. I, that I wasn't a big fan of that. Piece, I mean, but that, that's my Virginia Tech alumni status coming out of me a little bit. Yeah, but still, like Thornhill doesn't make up for everything. And Thorn, like I mean, yeah, he was good, and he's going to the pros. But like, how many of those have we produced for years? So I uh, completely agree with that. Yeah, that was that was interesting, and it, huh, yeah, that that one got me going a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to say we're going to be UVA because, like, I don't ever say that we won't beat UVA. But, like, I think they lost some pieces. I don't know exactly know how much more confident we are. I think it'll be another toss-up game by the time we get to that point. Yeah, I think that UVA is going to be a decent team. Again. Yeah, I think they're going to be decent. Bowl game. Yeah, they're uh, gonna, they'll go to a bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's as nice as we get on this podcast about UVA. That's fine with me, man. They, they will barely I just don't. I mean, <laughs> okay, so if we're yeah. saying, like, they want more than us saying they're going to a bowl. I mean, what do they want? They want us to say they're going to win the Coastal because it's not happening. Uh, they're not winning the Coastal. I, I'm expecting a tweet. I don't think we're winning right the Coastal. As soon as this podcast is over. I hope so. He <laughs> he he had a, he was on us last week and talking about you know the the middle of July storyline. So uh, yeah, hopefully he's on us this week and uh, has something to say about us hating UVA. We'll take it. We'll take it. We deserve it. Yeah, I'll, I always look forward to this. <laughs> At this point, we got to take our shots in the fall because winter is going to get quiet. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. All right. Well, hey, whatever. Cody, man, uh, we'll get you out of here pretty soon. I know you got other things to do, uh, but I wanted to talk to you about Waynesboro uh, football and them not having JVs. I mean, you're only a couple years from covering that program. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in all honesty, and and I'm not trying to prop myself up. I said this last August. I looked at their roster numbers and I saw a bunch of seniors and barely any sophomores and a JV team that was pretty tight to the number. Um, so I saw this coming. It was really no surprise. But what was your thoughts when you heard the news or did you see it coming like I did? Yeah, kind of like you. I, I heard I heard some things throughout the year, um, you know, from different people around that program and around the around the school um, with a lot, a lot of different things going on. And, and I'd heard the numbers were especially getting low in football. Um, and it was, I know a couple of weeks ago I'd heard, especially they were like, I don't, I, they didn't know if they were going to have it for sure. They were trying to make a decision. Um, but it's just, it's, it's sad to see that program at that level now, especially considering, you know, it was just four or five years ago where, where I was covering a team that was that the 16 seed that made it to the state quarterfinals and played over in a great game over at Western Albemarle that year. And, um, you know, that was one of the more special runs we've had where we had in the Augusta County area when I was there. Um, so just to see that program kind of fall, you know, like it has, it, it, it's really sad to see. And, and, you know, you just got to wonder where it's going to go from here. Um, and it's a know. bad sign. That's for sure. I mean, like you had that much success that for a program that was over a decade, I mean, not over, but you know, three wow. for a decade. And then they get to the playoffs. They're what, three, four years in a row. Yeah. 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 And then, right. I mean, and then just to dive back team. down. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy to see that, and um, you know, I know they've got they've had a, uh, I know Coach Mack and um, uh, Coach Go and some of those guys are coming back this year to kind of help us assistance, and I don't know if that'll maybe help some. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying Sean Moran deserves all the blame or anything about that means, but no, nah, um, I mean he was there when they were winning. Like I don't, I yeah, don't, I don't yeah. see how it would make sense to blame him. No, nah, so you know, it, there's there could be a lot of different reasons for it, and it, it's hard to pinpoint, especially from the outside looking in. Um, but you know, I, I just hope eventually maybe next year they'll be able to field a JV team again. Um, because that's huge just in terms of development. I mean, yeah, you can say these eighth graders are going to play in the little league program and these ninth graders will play varsity, but there, nobody's benefiting off that because the ninth graders aren't going to play and the, and the eighth graders are going to play against competition. That's, you know, way smaller than them. So it, it benefits everybody. If there's a JV program, um, obviously they don't have the numbers to do it. I just hope that they can eventually get it fixed because that's not a good look. For a team that's already in a lot of disarray in terms of they haven't won many games recently, um, that's the last thing they need is also losing a JV program. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I want to ask you one last question here, Cody. Um, I do another podcast with some guys that goes around the Valley Baseball League, and we always ask this question of everyone we interview. Okay. 
Uh, it's a tough question, but we need honesty. What is your favorite animated Disney movie? Favorite animated Disney movie? Oh man, uh, that's tough. But ugh. you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with probably a very uh, stereotypical answer here, and I'm gonna give you uh, Toy Story. Okay. Does that uh, work? Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. Disney bought Pixar, so it works. Um, and I, okay. yeah, Toy Story's good. I just wish they hadn't. I don't know. But you know what? I, I'll say I want to add this though about that. Thinking about animated movies, Lion King is coming out this week, yeah. and I have not been very impressed with the uh, the preview videos I've seen on Twitter floating around. No, it's well, a little I'm worrisome. going, and so I'll I'll make sure we might have to have you on next week again. I'll update you on how it is. So. <laughs> yeah, because I don't I don't see nearly enough animation out of those animals that I saw from the. It, from the it's still company. animated. That's that's the I think about this live. No, action. it's live action. It's, it's still animated. <laughs> like it, this is still animation. It's just. CGI animation, like yeah. Well, I want to, I want to see Timon and like jumping up off Pumbaa doing backflips. I want to see it all, and and in every clip I've seen, it just looks like animals running around with music playing, and I'm not happy with that. <laughs> so we'll yeah, see. we'll see. We'll I'm, see. I, I want to get my answering because I've never been asked this question before. Well, okay. Uh, I have two answers, and so uh, I you know ride the fence. Robin Hood is my classic. Yes. Uh, classic disney animated and my new one i probably have changed in some years because i really like incredibles but honestly man i like moana it's a really good movie (laughs) i've heard that is a good movie i haven't seen that one i haven't seen it i need to watch it on netflix before it gets kicked off yeah moana is worth your time it's a solid film Uh, i go watch that after i get off work tonight so (laughs) there you go there you go (laughs) there you go well cody man thanks for coming on with us and uh, talking about everything we had to talk about. And we'll get you on for the seventh time once uh, football season gets kicking and going. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. Thanks, Cody. All right. Ty for D block on the yak sports podcast, Joe, what is dominating your life? Um, Before I get to what's dominating my life, which is kind of a serious thing. Um, can I just ask a personal question? Sure. Let's have it. Why do we still have, why do we still call it the D block? <laughs> we only have three <laughs> blocks now. <laughs> I'm just asking. Hey, it's an Easter egg for the listeners. Sure. I, was, I was waiting for a public person to do that. Okay. So. All right. Well, my confusion got the better. <laughs> After episode 52, maybe we'll change it. No, definitely not now. <laughs> um, what is dominating my life is the Tyler Skagg stuff. Um, it was tragic that he lost his life at such a young age. And then the Angels honored him. It was early this last week. Um, it was right when they came back from the All-Star break. Okay, so I guess it wasn't. It was Friday. But, um, wow. It was pretty touching to see everybody wearing 45. And then the game starts out with Mike Trout just absolutely destroying a baseball uh, over the fence. Before that, though, his mom throwing out the first pitch. Yeah, Tyler Skaggs mom throwing yeah. out the first pitch. Um, but then Mike Trout crushing a ball over the fence. They scored seven runs in the first inning, go on to win 13 nothing, and a combined no-hitter. And the, it turns out, you know, because we live in a weird world, that the last combined no-hitter in the state of California was on the day he was born, uh, <laughs> which is a really weird fun fact, I guess. But um, And they scored like seven runs on 13 hits, and that's his birthday. Seven runs in the first and 13 13 total. total. Okay, that was it. I knew it was something 7-13. I mean, that... Yeah. It, it was, was awesome. I agree. It was. It really was good really one. touching. And at the end of the game, they all go out and lay their jerseys on the mound. Uh, hard Did to watch. Did you watch it live? No, I didn't. Um, I, I caught just... it the next morning, but like I watched it on SportsCenter. Like I just kept it on SportsCenter for a while so I could like see them show it more. It was awesome. Yeah, pretty touching stuff. It happens in baseball. Like baseball does things right about giving those opportunities to like honor people and um and and, and in these worst case scenarios with death and everything. Um, baseball has the ability to do things right. And they generally do. I remember when, uh, um, Fernandez, uh, down in Miami, Jose Fernandez, yeah. Jose Fernandez died, you know, and then the leadoff hitter, um, hits the D Gordon hits the home run. And he, I mean, he's not a home run hitter. Um, it just seemed like he had like all of his emotion, all of it. And, and things went the right way for him to get it out. And a lot of people thought a lot of that moment, even I think more so of like, wow, how is this all coming together? Just perfect for this Friday night. Um, it was, it was awesome. I agree. 
I mean, I don't know who's going to disagree, but it, it was it was um, for such a negative. It was a really cool way to smile about it. And uh, even with the emotion of it all for the players involved, the family, everything, um, it was it was a cool thing to smile about in his honor. And uh, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I thought it was really nice. All right. Uh, moving to less serious stuff. Uh, what is dominating my life? We mentioned it earlier. When we we're talking to Cody. I am going to see Lion King this weekend. I'm going to catch up on Aladdin because Hulls Drive-In in Lexington showing the doubleheader. And uh, I love going to Hulls. I, we take our kids. Usually we hit it around Father's Day because they usually have the new Pixar movie. We were unable to do that this year, um, but we're going this weekend. Great doubleheader. I know I wasn't super excited about Aladdin, but I'm, I'm kind of excited that I get to see it this week and being the doubleheader there. Um, the double feature, I guess is what they call it in the, in the yeah, movie. Double uh, feature. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited. And you didn't even know about Hulls. That's a, it's an awesome place. No, I thought um, there's a drive-in back in Stephen City, which is like one of the only drive-ins left. I think it's the, on- the only drive-in left in the Shenandoah Valley. I thought it was one of the only ones left in the state of Virginia. So that's why I was surprised there was one in Lexington. Um, but... They've been open for a while here. They like came back with uh, it's a nonprofit and uh, it's like a community group that's that leads the charge. And it's it's a cool environment and it's really family friendly. Um, I know some weekends they do show like PG-13 movies and up, um, but generally, especially on these nights when they have Disney movies or something, it's awesome. It's really great. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess my question, do they have two screens? Do they have one screen? They have one big screen down okay. front. Okay. And uh, they have a really good setup for the the cars, you know, working their way up a hill. And um, uh, down front is where we like to park because before the movie starts, because we get there super early to get one of those good spots, but the kids can run around in the grass and play. Right. Uh, funny story, though, one time we were down there and kind of had to pull the kids back in because there was a dude uh, playing football with some kids. There was a grown man playing football with some kids. And, uh, him and his Alabama shirt and, and hat just was, you know, going Heisman on everybody. Yeah. I mean, he was running kids over. He didn't care what was happening. I assume there was some kind of out of bounds line, but it must have started at where our air mattress was sitting. So, yeah, it was uh, a lot to take in. But, um, no, generally it's a really good, safe environment. A lot of other kids, kids can make friends, even if it's for the half an hour that before the movie starts. But it's a good time. Sometimes it's important to let little kids know where they are. Um, no, 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 don't ever stiff arm a kid. It's a bad look. Um, it's a bad thing to do too. Uh, but that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I've never been to holes, so I'll have to go, um, just to do a shameless plug for the hometown that drive in. Um, I know they're doing better now, but they were going through a hard time and they have two screens and the way it's split up is like, there's a basically two parking lots. So one parking lot faces. And so that's the thing. If you, if you don't have kids or you're looking for a a date night away from the kids, you can go there for a drive-in because they have one that's more adult oriented and then they have a kid oriented screen. So both are double feature here where Mm -hmm. uh, it's back to back. So it gets late, but well, I mean, yeah, they do double features. (laughs) Yeah. It's double features up there too. So it's late, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's a fun time. I've, I've enjoyed that one. Um, I I like drive-in theaters. I think they're cool. Yeah, oh, they're awesome. And and we just at least once a summer we go. So if you haven't been to Holes, go check it out. You should you should take a lady down there sometime, Joe. I think mine's called the family drive in, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh what I know that you need to know. I've got to get one of those first. <laughs> <laughs> uh what I know that you need to know. Uh on CNN, there's these uh they do it all the time. They have these shows that kind of review mostly somewhat recent history, um, usually television related because they're showing clips and they've done the, the eighties and the nineties. And I think they did the two thousands and then they were doing the Bush series, which was good. Uh, right now they're doing one. I really like it's movies and they're just, the first episode was the eighties movies. The last episode was the nineties movies. And so I'm looking forward to each, every episode and they just go through and talk about for the movies show, uh, you know, the trend in movies, what, was important about them, how they were impactful. Um, and it's just really interesting to, you know, analyze movies or entertainment and stuff in that, um, serious of a way. And even though it's not serious, serious, it's cool. I really appreciate it. Um, so check it out. I think it's really cool. And, uh, I think it gets missed there being on CNN. So, uh, it's a good show. Definitely worth your time. Yeah. I've seen the decade stuff that they've put on Netflix. I've never actually watched it live just because, 
it's it's going to be hard to get me to watch something live, especially in the I day mean, of I DVR it in the days it. of DVR. But yeah, no. yeah, but then it just sits on my DVR forever. So it's easier for me to just get on Netflix and just be like, yeah, it's Netflix time and just crunch it well, then. But and that's all fine. And uh, my, I mean, my thing, I just start it 20 minutes late and we're all good. Or I catch it the next night. I don't necessarily watch it every single Sunday night. Oh, you should. If you're going to talk about it, no, um, <laughs> no, but I, I haven't commercials as much as you. <laughs> yeah, I haven't checked this one out, <laughs> so I don't have too much on that. But I, I did like the '80s and the '90s and the 2000s yeah. ones. Well, then you'll like this one. It's it's good. And Tom Hanks is like a executive producer behind it, uh, which I think is pretty cool. That's so. cool. Yeah, he was on the other ones on the '90s and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was too. Uh, what I know that you need to know is baseball can be fun. Um, I needed a reminder after it being. Um, and this isn't really new. I guess it's just a reminder to myself. I had watched the Orioles and the all-star stuff and I just hated baseball. And I was like, this is so dumb. We're so bad. I don't even know why I do this to myself. Um, and then, you know, just like I said, over the weekend, I went to Strasburg to watch some Valley league baseball. And I'm not saying the Valley baseball league's better quality than major league baseball. I mean, hopefully you people are smart enough to know that it's not true. Um, but I guess what I would stress to people when, you know, they're deciding, do I really want to go to a baseball game and devote an entire evening or not? Uh, it's not about going and watching the game, although you absolutely should, because I think baseball is not that bad. I think baseball gets a bad reputation sometimes. But it's because you talk crap on it every week. Well, I mean, they need to change some things. But <laughs> I I do think when you go to baseball games, it's about, it's about the people you're around. It's about the people you go with. Yeah, and it's sharing, a social thing. Sharing, yeah. sharing time with them. Yeah, where other sports, maybe maybe not as much. Um, and that's the one thing I will give baseball about the pace of their game. It allows you to watch the game and talk to people. Yep. And you can feel like you haven't missed all that much while you're having a conversation with somebody. <laughs> you go do that at a basketball game, next thing you know, yep. you're in a timeout and the score is flipped by 20 points. Um, I mean, you've been to a baseball game with my crew. Uh, you know, I need some time in between each pitch to, to yeah, wrangle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was nice. Uh, we I uh, went with a buddy of mine that I do 4D sports with, uh, and then um, we actually sat down uh, next to a family from Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. There were kids playing on Woodstock, and uh, he had a pretty good night. He actually had a home run. Uh, but. Nice. It was nice talking to them a little bit. And, uh, you know, you get to do some great people watching, too. Uh, yeah. There's some great people watching going on. So <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah, we've we've seen some people at some some games before. Sit, sit down and make some friends next to people. And uh, I wouldn't use friends for the people that <laughs> for the guy that was with yeah, when I was no, with you. Good. Yeah, that's uh, all we need to say yeah. about it. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, baseball is a social thing. And like when I talk about my Braves, a lot of my memories that I'm thinking about is recent memories. It's it's going with my brother-in-law. Um, and we went, uh, my nieces from when they were born on, even right before they were born, we were going. Um, and it's all social. It's not even about the baseball game. It's about hanging out, talking. Um, sure, the baseball gives us some things to talk about and motivates some good, funny movie lines. But it's so social going to games. And that's, that's why... When people say, oh, I don't like baseball, it's boring on TV. Like, well, that's nothing the same as going to a game. So that's I mean, totally different. Yeah. And then Nats game I went to with my uncle the other week. My, my uncle's not into sports, period. He goes for the uh, events surrounding the baseball game and, and, the, and all that. And I, he, it's like what he looked forward to all year was us going to the baseball game with him. And uh, that's a guy that like probably had never talked about me to me about baseball before in my life. So it's just it's it is it's a social thing. And uh, you do forget sometimes when you're following it and not able to get out to the games. But it's nice to sit down and just take one in every once in a while. Um, before we get going out of here, before you start taking us out, I want to thank Jeff Wright for uh, you know interacting with us online. We encourage everybody to do that. And uh, Jeff, you know, he's comfortable with us. He he, he threw some hate at uh, how we were covering things last week or our time That's spent funny. on certain topics. Um, it's July. That's my, that was my, yeah. my <laughs> so, uh, but no, everybody should go back, look at Jeff Wright's comments and take that as advisement of do this. Tell us, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like about our show. We can handle it. We're big boys. We can, we can handle it. And honestly, if we don't like what you say, we'll just do what we want anyway, but interact with us. Cause it's, but good. we will take uh, it under advisement. 
It's good for the show. It's Jeff got what he wanted. We didn't talk about those things this week. Yeah, we didn't talk about uh, internet. Uh, esports. Um, esports, or we didn't talk about World Cup soccer. So, yeah. hey, four years, though. He, he better watch out. Um, so, well, yeah, he's not going to have to wait Jeff that long for, for soccer talk. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank Jeff for doing that, and everybody should do the same. Also, I want to make sure Family Feud last week had uh, Lamar Jackson on. Uh, he was one of the people on the Family Feud celebrity. Um, they were taking on the, the NFL Stars was the team he was on, and uh, they were playing the oh. Hall of Famers. It was a group of Hall of Famers, and um, I, he was about as good as Family Feud as I think he is a quarterback. So uh, we'll take okay, that. So it went that well. All right. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, Leland. His running ability really <laughs> served no purpose. I'm not gonna lie to you, and this is awful for you know, uh, our format because people won't be in on the joke, but I don't know if you could tell, but when you said, yeah, Lamar Jackson was on family feud. I honestly went blank face. I was like, who is Lamar Jackson? <laughs> and then I was like, Oh yeah, he's our quarterback. <laughs> I totally forgot. Oh, uh, I'm not going to forget in the fall. It's going to be horrible. All right. <laughs> You're like, it, it was Josh Jackson. You did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no. All right. Well, Again, uh, as Leland said, please comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, follow us. Email us. We're on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. We're on Facebook, Yak Sports Pod. And you can email us, yaksportspod at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribing to us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify so you don't miss another episode. Be sure to share it with your friends and like it when we post it so other people can see it as well. And, folks, as always, we thank you for listening. Until next week, this has been the Yak Sports Podcast, your Augusta County Sports Podcast. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County Sports Podcast.